Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. Delighted to have you here listening to the Speak Lab podcast for an episode of our student highlight series. Now, as you may know, our mission here at the Speak Lab is to help you get booked and paid to speak by equipping you with the tools to launch and scale your speaking business. And we are really, really proud of the thousands of students who have used our programs and tools to build the speaking business of their dreams. But you don't have to hear it from me. You can hear it directly from the incredible people who have gone from aspiring to established speakers thanks to their hard work and our programs. Now, if you're a speaker, I know that you have the story of what inspired your message and how you decided where you want to make that impact. And often that story can be what gives other speakers who are just starting out the confidence to take the first steps towards chasing their dreams. And so that's why we started this student highlight series, where you're going to be able to hear incredible speaker stories straight from our talented and diverse alumni. I'm going to hand off the mic for today's conversation to one of our coaches who works with our students every single day, giving them tailored guidance to further their speaking career. So here's this week's student highlight episode. Enjoy. What's up, y'all? My name is Brittany Richmond with the Speaker Lab, and I'm so excited to be doing this student highlight podcast episode with Dr. India White. I'm super pumped. This is going to be a great, great episode. What's really cool is, yes, you're used to seeing Mary Alice on here with the Student Highlight Podcast, but I'm a team member. Like I said, I'm also a former student and professional speaker. So we're going to be having an amazing conversation today all about our experiences speaking and, of course, diving further into Dr. India White and what she's doing and her experience with the Speaker Lab as well. So first and foremost... Welcome, Dr. Neil White. How are you? Hi, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me to everyone. And I hope that, you know, everyone watching this can get what they need from it. Girl, yes. I'm super <laughs> pumped to, to be here with you for this time. So the first question, the absolute first question that everybody wants to know is, what is your walkout song when you go on stage? <laughs> uh, Farrell's Happy. <laughs> oh, great one. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I would have to say... <laughs> Yeah, I would have to say mine is Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds from The Breakfast Club, because that is like, yeah, yeah, right? Like That's that's super fun. I love it. (laughs) Okay, so tell us a little bit about yourself, girl. Like, what do you speak about? Who do you speak to? You know, tell us all about your speaking experience like that. Yeah, so I am a professional speaker, uh, a former TEDx speaker, and a national education consultant. And so I speak to teachers, principals, superintendents nationwide on various strategies for closing the achievement gap, um, whether that's equitable strategies or classroom management or my TED Talk topic, which is the power of grit in a math classroom. And so I've been speaking now overall for about at least 20 years, but things didn't really pick up until I would say 
about till this year or last year. Nice. Awesome. That's amazing. My husband's a teacher, so I totally understand that whole process. And especially he'll be the first one to tell you since COVID, like it's almost like the burnout and like just the, mm-hmm. the low morale he's experiencing. So is that something you also address? Yes, in your talks? I do. Like I, have a, I have a grit workbook for educators where I talk about how to <laughs> cultivate their grit and develop their grit so that they don't burn out and they can service their kids and help My their gosh. students not burn out. Yes. Send it to my husband, would you? He needs sure, it. Sure, <laughs> yeah, I'll give you the link. And you can actually go on my website, www.india-white.com, and then you can look up grit. Um, there's a grit assessment that he can take to see his grit level, and then he can also order um, a discounted version of the workbook on the website. I love it. Anybody listening here who has a, a loved one who's a teacher, they need this, yeah. right? Like, send all the yeah. things. No. This is good. This is good. So you said the last year or so. So what changed? Like, what was the tipping point? Like, where was the catalyst for you? The, the main catalyst was believing that I really had resources that could help people and believing that I really had a voice that was needed. See, there's one thing to do a speaking engagement at a school, to do a speaking engagement here and there, hit and miss. But then when you really understand your purpose and you really understand that you are on a mission to help your audience. So I... After getting into the speaker lab, I tapped into my purpose, which was really to help educators and to help those that are really trying to bridge the achievement gap, help those that are cultivating the grit. And I had to get serious about it. And I had to believe that I really was a voice, a credible voice that could really offer resources and supports to them, not through just speaking and storytelling, but also through the services that I could provide for for my audience, which, of course, like I said, is you know, your teachers, principals, and superintendents across the nation. So that's what changed for me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I love it. I think like, that is something that we you can't teach purpose, right? Like you have to just align with it and like feel really focus on it. I mean, no, no for myself. Um, so I speak on overcoming anxiety to high school and college students. So I'm kind of in a similar market yeah. as you kind of that mm-hmm. space. Um, and like, I get asked all the time, like when I get off stage, particularly by adults are like, for someone who has such severe anxiety, like how can you be on stage in front of people? And I'm like, this is how I know I'm aligned with my purpose, right? right. This is an area that does not cause me anxiety. So there's so much to your point earlier, like so much value that we have. And I think a lot of people struggle with that imposter syndrome. Like, why would anybody hire me? Like, what could I possibly bring to the table? So what in terms of like that imposter syndrome, could you offer any of our listeners who are maybe in the speaking space or wanting to get into it? Because everyone says that, right? They're like, why would anybody pay me to come speak on this? What advice mm-hmm. would you give them? So I'll, I'll give a real situation. So when I first started asking for um, speaker gigs, I was not even charging. I was just like, I just want to do this out of the goodness of my heart because I love kids <laughs> and I love teachers. Yes. But I learned that that wasn't paying any bills and that I was ending up <laughs> broke, busted and disgusted. So I needed to change something quickly. So I decided, you know what, I need to give my worth. Well, I got a humble wake up call when I was trying to charge say $20,000 years ago, and I had never been on a stage. So then I realized, Uh you know what, let me build up my speaking business. Let me build up who I am as an educator, as a speaker, um, with my story and whatnot. And then once I had enough evidence that I had a story and that I had services and that I was a phenomenal speaker, an experienced speaker, then yeah, I can look you eyeball to eyeball and charge you 20K and expect an invoice at the end of the week. And I'm, I'm getting teacher salary checks now 
whereas before I was yes, afraid girl. to even charge $500 for a speaking gig. So I would say for those that are watching, you need to believe in yourself and you need to understand that you are validated in what you're wanting to charge. If you're like, I don't want to charge a thousand because I feel like that's too cheap, then you're right. You need to go with your gut. If you need to charge 3,500, charge that. If you need to charge 7,500, charge that. But at the same time, make sure you're understanding what they're getting as they're paying out these mm. numbers for you so that they don't feel like they are being compromised. You need to learn how to sell your worth. And that is the biggest elephant in the room is what is your worth? Once you find out what your worth is, you can charge whatever and not blink an eye. And you'll expect that invoice to be paid out, um, you know, at the end of the week. So that's my advice for everyone. I love that. I got chills. I was like, what, what are we charging these days? Let's go. Yeah. Send that invoice out, girl. Send yes. that invoice. Don't be afraid to charge. I, I can't that. say that enough. People, you know, the money is there. And sometimes you're like, oh, they don't okay. have the money is there. Okay, but you need to have to help them understand why they need to give the money to you versus your neighbor down the street. The money is there. So be encouraged with that. Yes. And I think it comes from reframing your mindset, too, because oftentimes even my husband will say they're paying you what for an hour. I'm like, hold on. They're not paying me for my time. Right. Like they're not right. we're not speakers don't trade their time for money. Right. There's so much more encompassed in that. And a lot of that is our worth and our value. Right. And like the, the more you start seeing people say yes to these amounts, you start to, it's almost like you get this like confidence boost. You're like, Oh, like mm -hmm. this is on demand. This is something yeah. that people will pay for and level you up that way. So yeah, exactly. I love that. Exactly. Yeah. I love it. So, so the speaker lab, you are a student here, you did all the things here. So tell me why did you decide and why did you choose to work with the speaker lab? Like what was the reasoning behind it? And like, how did that elevate your business? I felt like a hypocrite before because I was like, well, I say I'm a speaker, but I'm not really getting paid like I need to be paid and I'm not really being serviced and then I'm not being invited back. So what am I doing wrong? And so then when I tapped into the speaker lab and I got understanding from Eric and from, you know, those that were in my cohort, it turned on a light bulb of, oh, the way I've packaged myself has been really congested and it's too much. Ah. Um, oh, my, 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 um, price sheet is ridiculous. It's like this big Excel sheet and nobody is attracted to that. Right. So I'm like, okay, now it makes sense. And then following up with people. And the thing I loved that has helped me the most, um, definitely was when I had a one-on-one -on -one with Eric and I'm like, listen, you know, I have a speaking engagement coming up. What do I do? He's like, have you done a pre-conference? Have you done a post-conference? And it was like, I was like afraid just to get to know the people. I'm like, why are you afraid? Like they invited you mm -hmm. to their state, to their platform to do the service because they like you. So why not invest in that and build a relationship with them? And I can tell you that now as a result, um, as a mathematician, I have now been considered to be at the top of the math space um, among many high names in the math world. And now I can, you know, charge what I need to charge and, you know, not even blank an eye and know that it's, like I said, it's going to all come, come, um, come full full circle because I am doing the work and I'm offering a resource. And now I am, since the speaker lab, I have definitely now been seen as a credible source and as a credible speaker in this space. I love this for you. I love that you said the word relationships because we often say, you know, the speaking industry is a relationship business. And I think people coming into the space knew, like, we have this, like, we want instant gratification. Like we want to get that first game. We want to get out there. We want to get this momentum going, but 
you really have to curate those relationships to make that kind of referral business happen. I can think there's one, I mean, I've built relationships with many decision makers, but there's this one particularly, um, this organization that I've worked with multiple times. And because of the relationships I've curated with them, they're amazing humans. Like mm-hmm. I have gotten so many gigs from them, right? Yeah. Like just because they know me on a personal level, not, not just as a speaker, mm-hmm. right? Like, so I always tell people, I'm like, be the easiest speaker they've ever worked with pour into them at the every event i'm always like how can i help is there anything you need me to do like i am that person yes. you know so um so how to in terms of building the relationships like what is the one thing that you would tell you know newer speakers or people out there trying to scale like with that building relationship mentality what would you recommend definitely don't be so um forward coming and so forceful of trying to sell yourself um that's a natural process if you are just you and stop saying, oh, I'm a speaker, I'm a keynote, I'm a motivational speaker, look at me, look at me. No, if you learn to chill out and just be you and talk about your favorite smoothie flavor and talk about your family and what you did this weekend and and learn how to compliment people and learn how to lift them up and make them feel like a million bucks, then they'll start paying you a million bucks. That's what it, that's what it really is. It's, it's really understanding that speaking is that business part of it is almost like the last tier. That's what happens as mm-hmm. a reward of you paying and t- paying it for for people, loving people, and just being a nice person. Don't be fake because they'll pick up on it. And it, it, it's a turnoff. I'm going to tell you this too. This is harsh. If they are not calling you to speak, they either don't like you or they don't know anything about you and you've not proven yourself, right? So how do you do right. that? It's through relationship building. It's through being sincere, genuine. Don't try to put yourself up to be more than you are. Be humble, you know, be, be mindful of them, be empathetic, be compassionate, and continue to realize that you are here for a purpose. And guess what? Your gifts will make room for you. And if your purpose is needed in that space, that door will open for you. Amen. And give them the real talk, okay? Like people need it. Like, it's, it's true. It's, it's just, and authenticity is so key, right? I think that's one of the best things about being a speaker is we can be authentically ourselves as part of what makes us attractive in our spaces. I think that makes you on demand in a lot of ways. Um, but I think too, like people do business with people they know, like, and trust to your point. I, I can remember I did a discovery call fairly recently and it was on Friday the 13th. And that was the first thing I talked about. I was like, we need to talk about Friday the 13th, you know, like just being yourself sells so much more, right? Like, and just, can you vibe with these people? Like, is this an, cause I tell you, girl, I have been on discovery calls and instantly I was like, this is not a good fit. Like, I just know Mm -hmm. this is not the vibe. So I, I love that you said that. I think it's so great. So, um, I, I'm curious as to what drew you to public speaking in general? Like, what was yeah. your purpose of stepping into space? So it kind of came to me. I was a homeless student at age 17, and I had 18 scholarships, and I was on my way from a homeless shelter into a college dorm overnight. Bill Gates paid for my college as well, and I majored in math. But after I got those 18 scholarships, newspapers kept coming to me, and um, um, news reporters kept saying, hey, we want you to interview us, or we want to interview you. We want to know your story. And they were like, I think you have a purpose here of inspiring and motivating others to continue to move forward. So at the age of 17 is when I had my first speaking engagement. And I was a homeless student, nothing but the clothes on my back. And I just told them about how I was able to go from homelessness into this college dorm. And then afterwards, um, I went into education. And I would inspire and motivate my students. And then the leaders were like, 
No, you need to speak. We need you to speak. We need you to help raise funds for scholarships. And I found my purpose there in helping to raise funds for students by sharing my story as an underserved student. But then again, I got approached um, after doing three speaking engagements as an educator. Um, that last speaking engagement, I got approached and they said, you need to be on a TED stage. And I was like, ah, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, you know, and then that opportunity opened up and I did the TED talk. And then it's just been an affirmation and a confirmation every single time that this is what I'm called to do. This is my purpose. I don't, the gifts has made, they've made room for themselves. Um, I don't have to push it, you know, open or, or pry it open. And I want to encourage you guys with that too, you know, who you are, your uniqueness, your gift, it will find you and you will be able to cultivate that. That will open up the doors for you. So stay genuine to who you are and who your purpose is and what your gifts are so that those doors will continue to open. And then don't stray away from that. They're opening for a reason. That's why you're here. So. My goodness. I feel like we're all just like, I'm, I'm ready. I got chills. I'm starting to sweat. That's what usually happens. I'm like, my adrenaline is going. Um, oh my gosh. What's your favorite part about being a speaker? Like, what's your favorite part? I've been on hundreds of stages. My favorite part is afterwards when the people come up to me with tears in their eyes, wanting a hug. <laughs> wanting a, a signed copy of one of my books saying you spoke directly to my need you know you spoke directly to my situation now i can go on i mean and now reading the tweets that come out af after i'm done speaking and all these twitters you know of, oh dr india white just said that she's killing it it's on fire oh my gosh this is exactly what i needed to help me finish the you know the year strong oh, i can go on and on and that testimonial that they give me is a validation and a confirmation to me that I served my purpose, I did my job, I lifted them up. That's why we're in front of them, to lift them up and to help them. Don't ever forget that. That is the main reason why you've been raised up to help people. So that's my favorite part. Stop it, I cannot, okay, so there's proof of this. Okay, so I'm not just saying this because you said it, but on our Instagram, I did a video of what's your favorite part of speaking and I kid you not, that is legitimately what I said was those conversations that you have off the stage, right? Like those moments, especially like to hear someone say like, because of you, yes. I am better or different or you changed my life or like six months later, you get a DM and you're yes. like, they're like, I'm still doing these things. And it's just like, we always, and I tell our students this all the time is like, if you keep everything audience focused, right? If you just keep focus on how to move their lives forward, how to lift them up, how right. to make them feel elevated, like this will work for you, right? Like you have to focus on them. And I think when we get very internalized, like it's not working for me, it's not, we become very me, 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 right? It's like, mm -hmm. put it on them. Like this is yeah. for them. This is why you're here, right? Ah, I love it so much. I love, <laughs> yes, girl. Yes. Like I'm like, ah. Oh. So, so good. So, so much passion. Um, what do you feel like has been like, now that you've been in the industry for a while, you've been through the speaker lab. So you're very immersed in like the, the coaching side of how to be a speaker because you do that as well, but also, you know, you've been in the industry. So what do you feel like is the most underrated piece of advice that like people often, maybe it doesn't click for them right away, or you're like, we need to say this more, like this is the piece of advice. So what is the most underrated piece of advice or value that you feel like you could offer? Um, when you first brand yourself and um, you're sending those emails out, 
for one, remaining persistent, but making sure that when you finalize that branded piece of your workshop, your session, whatever it is that you're offering, you better make sure that looks like a million bucks. I can't say this enough because that is the first impression. And I think that sometimes we could think, oh, I can just hit and miss. No, because people talk, people talk. And, and I think you don't want to close doors on yourself before you really get started because you were sloppy at the beginning. So make sure your foundation is sure. Make sure that when you're saying, I offer this service, you better make sure you have all your P's, you know, or your, your I's dotted, your T's crossed and everything is lined up because they're going to, you know, make sure that you're about what you say you're about. And if you offering a book or a resource, you better make sure it can do what you said it can do. Oh my goodness. Yes. I just, I feel like we're like in the face of the person listening and they're like, okay, like I will do the things like that's, that's exactly what we want though. Right. Like that's exactly what we want. Um, what does like, what's your process of getting paid gigs? Like, do you have a process? I know we teach a process here at the speaker lab, right? So prospecting is really important. And I do discovery calls, proposals, contracts. So what's your process? Um, so it's a little bit of a mix and I have some contracts, of course, that, you know, are already pretty solid. Um, but what I, what I do is definitely, um, you know, looking for prospects, but the, the pro like, so for instance, if I have a, a keynote or something and after I speak, I'm collecting that information at the end, I'm following up for prospects. I wait about a couple of days. I follow up again. I follow up at least for a week and a half to two weeks, but I don't let it die. Listen, just because they don't get to you right away doesn't mean they don't want you. Sometimes they have other things going on. They're wrapping up from the event. They're trying to get funding. They're trying to make it make sense. They're trying. I have people right now in LA that are working on getting me over there because they're like, oh, we, we got to get you over, but give me a, a couple <laughs> weeks. We have a couple meetings coming up, right? So it's right. building that relationship, staying in touch with them, reminding them of you know the services that I have to offer, following up, and then continuing to the next prospect but never just hanging up. Okay. And then even like I said, even if they say, Oh, you know, not right now. Okay. Well, listen, let's, let's plan for next year. Let's plan for it. Always keep a, a buzz in their ear about you. You, you don't just close the door. So um, that's been a part of my prospect. And then of course, um, when, when talking about contracts, I let them know up front. okay, this is what I charge for my services, for my speaking fees, for a room and board or for, you know, travel expenses um, for if you need, this many workbooks or this many books or whatnot, this is what it is. And if they're like, Oh, that's just, Oh, I can't. Okay. Well, what is your budget? Okay. Well, what right. can you do today? What can you do now? Okay. Well, all right. Well then let's see what we, what I can offer. So I might not be able to give you, you know, all the workbooks. Or I might not be able to speak for the whole hour, but I can do a half hour or I can do a webinar. I can. So I negotiate with them what it is that I'm going to offer them. So there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with coming up and saying, these are all the things I want to offer you. These are all the ways. And this is another thing you have to convince them, right? Sometimes they don't know what you're going to give them and they don't know what the best services are. So sometimes you can say, you know, I've heard what you said. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think the best thing I need to do is to come in here and do a speaking gig with you, talk to your leaders, and then afterwards follow up with the, you know, with the PD where I do a book, um, a book study with you. And we really walk through the details. Now here's the budget for that. Any questions? Yep. And once they say, oh, I don't know. Uh, okay, well, what's the budget? Okay, so then that means that maybe half of the workbooks, okay, or maybe half of the time. And you work, listen, work with them through the process. 
you know, just hang up. Work with them through that process until they say, okay, okay, now let's get the contract going. Are you going to send it? Do you want mine? What, what do you want? Right? And then you go from there. So that's, that's, Absolutely. that's the process. It's, and I'm going to say, that's really scary for when you're getting started and you're like, oh my God, I don't know what to charge. Oh my God, blah, blah. do your research on what, <laughs> what are people being, you know, charged to speak. I know somebody said, don't ever charge less than, um, less than like three or less than five. Don't ever charge less than that. Just, just say five. And if they say no, they say, okay, what's your budget? You know, maybe they're saying no to you, but they might say yes to somebody down the street. So that means you got to build up more credibility, right? Um, which there's nothing wrong with that. Just stay in the ring with them. Don't, don't unplug is, is my biggest advice with that, um, with this process of, of going through your invoice. Again, making sure too um, that after you're done and you get that invoice, you thank them and then you say, okay, maybe we can do this again next year. Maybe we can do this again. In the I mean, I just had a speaking engagement. And I said, okay. I said, well, I can't speak on this day. And, you know, I mean, I'm booked, right? So I said, I can't, I can't speak here, whatever. And she said, well, she said, well, if we can't get you, maybe we can get you. And I told her, I said, maybe next year. She said, no, maybe in a couple of weeks. Maybe, in a, hey, maybe in a couple of weeks. Okay. <laughs> yeah, all right, in a couple of weeks. Exactly. <laughs> so you oh never know what exactly. they have planned on their calendar. So those are some, some tips and strategies that we have for people that are really trying to figure out how to do that. Also make sure to, um, depending on how big your contract is, sometimes you'll have bigger contracts and um, whether it's with a company or whatever, get some attorneys, get some people in there that can help you figure out the language. Um, if it involves royalties, if it involves, um, you know, speaking multiple ways, whatever, or multiple times and all over the nation. Like, I mean, I have some contracts where I do have to have attorneys in there as well um, to really go through the fine print of what that looks like so that both interests are protected. Yeah, no, I love that you talked about, I love so much about all that. So many, so much gold there, but like, yes, I think that's one of the things we coach and train on here too at the speaker level is how to build that package of yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So like you can propose the high level, like, cause truth be told, a lot of these event planners and decision makers, they don't know what they want. You're the professional. That's what they adhere to. You're like, we came to you. We're talking to you because you're the professional. So you put this package together and maybe that's too high for them. So you're like, okay, well, what's your budget? Something that, um... Uh, and then you have stuff to take away, right? right? Like that's, that's what we want. So, uh, something I've also been, uh, doing recently is like when I, when people can't meet my, my minimum fee, I'm like, well, what are you going to do for me to make up for that? So yeah. like what value you provide me and they get, they get very, uh, uh, giving in that time. They're like, yes, like, we'll we'll figure out all the things yeah. that we could like, and Sometimes that like looks like I want an email list of everybody in attendance. I want this, like this is, there's so mm -hmm. many more video and audio on a professional level. Like there's yeah. so many things that can be negotiated, um, within that space too. And I also like what you said, how, you know, I think there's a way, like my big thing is get two gigs out of every gig, right. Oh, to yes. consistently keep your pipeline going. Oh yes. Yeah. I, I think Listen, that's what Eric said, right. If you're not getting uh, yes, another us. gig, what are you doing? What are you doing? I know. <laughs> What are you doing? I'm, I'm just being honest. You, you know, I, let mama talk to you real quick. If you're not getting at least Please. another gig, I mean, literally, I'm sitting here at one gig while I'm doing a book signing and they're already saying, we need you to be a keynote in this state at this gig. 
of course. Yes. Absolutely. Send me the information. Let's do that. When is it? Oh, I'd love to go. Yeah. Let's, I can't wait to support you. And then teachers are sitting there, you know, grabbing you, shaking your hand, hugging you and say, Oh my God, you need to come to my school. Let's do it. Who do we need to talk to? All right. You got my card. You got my information. Okay. And I always tell them, follow up with me in the next two to three days. Okay. Make sure you send me that yep. email. Make sure you send me that text message. Make sure you, and, and I'm telling you, sometimes they'll take you out to dinner and just want to talk to you and just want to invest in what are you doing? Yes. You got to get in the door. You got to realize this is not a one and done. Sometimes you get so yes. afraid, like, oh my God, I spoke. Oh my God, I did it. Whoo, that's done. No, it's not done. Like you're right. supposed to be getting into the next stage so that you can make this yep. a, a profession because you're needed. Yep. Right. So, so thanks for letting me share that. But yeah, you got to make sure you are taking advantage of your clientele, your audience. They need you. They, they came there and they heard you speak all that time. You better not leave that place without at least two to three gigs lined up. <laughs> you know, you got to do it. Yeah. I know. I think that that can be intimidating for a lot of new people. Like I've actually been at events with some of our current students and you know, I, I'll remind them in events, like, you know, make sure you're making connections and speaking with other decision makers in the room. And they're like, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. Like, how do I do that? So like, what advice would you give to the new speaker who's Excellent. at a conference? They just spoke. Mm -hmm. How are they supposed to do this? So first things first, at the end of my conferences, I always have a QR code where I gather the people's name information and I ask, yes. how did you like this? What did you want to learn from this? Is there anything you can add to this? And then I say, hey, would you like an opportunity to be on, you know, Dr. White's um, Let's Get Gritty podcast? Oh, would you like an opportunity for Dr. White to come in and do PD? Oh, yeah. Well, who would be the person to contact? Oh, by the way, would you like some discounted merch? Um, would you like a book here? <laughs> would you like a workbook? Uh, would you like me to come... Um, and you know, speak at your school or speak in your district or speak for your university. I never just hang it up. And then afterwards, I close that out. And then I start talking to people in the audience. I shake hands and thank you so much for coming. And then they start pouring out and I listen and listen. Oh, what you said was great. You know, we really need you to come in and coach or, oh, you know, I'm gonna need some of those workbooks for my students or, oh, well, you know, um, my principal was needing a keynote for a great American teaching, you know, like, there's all these different opportunities that will open up if you just go among them. And if you're afraid to talk, just say, thank you so much. Did you get a chance to fill out the QR code? Did you have any questions? And that also opens up a conversation for you to get you right in there and to get you in, an, in another gig or get you with some opportunities for them. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, that's perfect. I think that's great. The QR code is so underrated in my opinion. Like you can just throw that up right there. <laughs> I love the, the QR code. I can't do a presentation oh. without a QR code with so many goods on there. Oh my gosh, do a Google form and do a QR code and make it happen. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay, so let's do a couple random questions before we wrap up today because I'm like super excited. I've loved this so far, but we, we, we are, we're both professional speakers. So like real life happens when we're out on the trail and oh, all yeah. the things. So I want you to tell us like something like hilarious or like odd or strange, or maybe it's a travel story or like just a situation you didn't plan for. Like what is the, the strangest, most random thing that has happened to you at a speaking gig? Oh my word. Um, <laughs> you mean on stage? Do you mean um, just could traveling? be traveling there? Could be on stage? Could be with an audience? Or it could be anything. You're just like well, this really uh, stands out. Two? This is weird. Can I tell two? Um, so Go for one, it. <laughs> one is that I was speaking on stage and um, during a keynote, and you know thousands of people there, 
the sound. So the sound worked, but the video would not work. So even though I had the screens up and I would try to go back and forth and toggle through my presentation, it would not mm. work. And every time I had to keep calling the guy up during the keynote <laughs> and staying professional <laughs> for the whole hour and a half, right? right? Well, we're working out technical difficulties, keeping calm, like nothing's going wrong. But inside I'm like freaking out, like, oh my gosh, like what am I going to do? Because I can't show them the data. I can't show them this. And that made me realize that you better know your stuff on screen and off screen because you have these things that are beyond you that are crazy, silly, but they happen. Right. And then he couldn't really understand English. So it was just a lot going on that day. But the thing is, people watched also to see how I treated him. And that exactly. was the thing they had to understand. I was all about relationship versus just my presentation. So that was one thing that took place. Um, another cool thing that took place. Um, I was, uh, I was in Washington, DC, just looking at, I had some downtime before one of my keynotes. And I was like, I'm just going to go look at some archives and stuff, you know, cause I love my nation. And, and I'm in this place and there's a group of students. And of course students gravitate towards me because I'm a teacher. And so the students start asking me, okay, well, where are you from? Are you from here? And I know like, I'm from Florida and we're talking and I'm like, you guys need to keep, keep grit no matter what, take grit with you. Just, you know, make it happen. You've got this. Don't ever lose your motivation. You need to go, you know, go high, go to college, get your business. And one girl's like, this just sounds way too familiar. Like something about you is just, I don't know what it is. This sounds really familiar, what you're saying. And I was like, well, I did a TED talk on the power of grit. She's like, wait, you did? And so then she pulls it up and she says, oh my God, my teacher made us watch you in class. I've already seen it. And I'm like, really? I'm totally totally away from so then the kids wanted a selfie and then they posted it and then they oh, showed their teachers it. so it was really cool to see the effect of your work and you paying it forward when you're in a totally different state and somebody says wait i recognized you because you had an impact on them so those are two cool things that that took place <laughs> with my speaking experiences. Oh, i love it oh i love it they were like celebrity yeah like i love it it, it was really cute <laughs> they were like um juniors and seniors it was a cute moment yeah Oh, I love that. And girl, I can relate to any tech issue on stage. I feel like every speaker goes through this at least multiple times in some way. And I, you're absolutely right. I always tell people like how you react is going to say a lot to the audience. Like, I mean, I usually try to make a joke and I'm like, I guess I'm glad I'm loud because I don't need this. You know, microphone, <laughs> right. you know? And and like, it's just, we just have to get in our heads that this stuff's going to happen. So you need to decide right away how you're going to choose to respond to it. Right. Like, right. Like mentally and emotionally. And no, I love that. I love that so much. Okay, so last question. I'm going to throw a scenario at you. And this is a real scenario that I experienced. Oh, and I, I think it's okay. totally random. So I'm always, I'm always like, how would you respond to this? So I was at a conference recently. I was keynoting. And I was slated to start at like 8.45. And it was a 45-minute keynote. So it ended at 9.30. And I think timing as a speaker is like the bare minimum of what you should be doing as a professional. Like someone books you for 45 minutes, you speak for 45 minutes. Not not 50 minutes, not 35 minutes, right? Like you're mm -hmm. 45 minutes. So, um, so, but people were showing up late and the conference got like pushed back on the time and the event planner came up to me and she's like, we're going to start 15 minutes late, but you still have to end at mm -hmm. 930 to like keep us on track. So I was like, yeah. And like, I responded with absolutely girl. I mean, first of all, two things. I know my content so well, I've delivered it hundreds of times. So I could, I could definitely put it into 30 minutes, right? I could definitely in the moment, like mm -hmm. mentally, like I'm go. So 
Um, but that was a first for me to be like, yeah, like, can you get us back on track and take your 45 minute talk and put it into 30 minutes? And I'm just like, yeah, no, fine. But like inside of that moment, I was like, okay, mentally, I'm like, okay, what slides am I going to move through quickly? Mm -hmm. Like, what am I doing here? So how would you react? How would you handle a situation like that? Hey, I would have said, not a problem. Let's make it happen. Let's do it. You got me on this stage and guess what? We're going to make this thing rain anyway. Right? So what that has happened to me to where I actually went from, (laughs) I went from supposed to speak for an hour to 15 minutes. And so (laughs) stop it. That's even more than, oh my goodness. Like that's impressive. So so what I did, (laughs) the cash room and I'm talking to them. And as I'm talking to them, I'm clicking through the slides, like two, three sides at a time. Like, and so, you know, here, you know, it's talking about graduation rate, but you know, we're going to keep moving forward because we're kind of talking now about persistence with students. And then of course, you know, you see that line right there. So I cover a sentence per slide and then I keep it moving. That's what I do. So it's like, I can't cover the whole slide, the whole PowerPoint, but you'll get a sentence out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You'll get a sentence and then I'll just keep it going. And then I'm going to still make sure you get my QR code so we can communicate. Yes. Yes, we are. Yeah. You're going to get that QR code. You're going to let me know how I need to service you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's how I'm saying it. (laughs) But that's great. All the important pieces. Let's get to the QR code. We got to get there as fast as we can. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I sure did. That's how you handle it. So you never let them know. Don't ever say like, oh my gosh, guys. Oh man. All I got, you know, I lost 15 minutes. I lost an hour. No, you just go through there. Like, yeah, we're going to keep clicking through. And the thing I loved about the one where it was only 15 minutes, that made them hungry for me next time. And that made them hungry for the information. So they're like, no, you got to send that to us. And then they went and complained to the event (sighs) coordinator and said, she needs an hour. She needs an hour. What she was telling us is too much, too important. And now it ended and yeah, we got the QR code, but we we need an hour with her next year. So yeah, so then they they start, you know, um, betting for you and and vouching for you. So it's really exciting, crazy, but exciting. I was going to say, it comes back to what we said earlier, be the easiest speaker they have ever worked with, Mm -hmm. do them favors. That's really building a relationship. And again, know your content too. I think that's so important. I know so many speakers that like don't practice, they don't rehearse, they don't like really kind of immerse themselves in their content and they just get up there and wing it. And that stresses me out to think about. And I'm like, (laughs) this is where stress comes from. So no, I love, I love everything you say. So Oh my gosh, you're an amazing human. I love everything you do. Where can people find you? How can they connect with you? All the things. Sure. So my website is www.india-white.com. So they can connect with me there. There's a a tab. It'll say services. Drop down. It says connect with me. You can put in your information and you can request your services, whether that's like uh, if you need a professional development, if you're needing me to be a keynote speaker at an event. I do also speak outside of education as well. I do corporate and stuff as well. So if they want that, they can go there. You can also send me a direct email, india.white.123 at gmail.com. Again, that's india.white.123 at gmail.com. Yes, I am on every social media outlet, but I will share two for this. Twitter, you can find me on Indie Speak and Teach. That's I-N-D-I-S-P-E-A-K, the letter N in the word teach, Indie Speak and Teach. And my LinkedIn, which has... I think 20,000, 30,000 followers, one of 23,000 followers, I think you can join them and you can connect with me there. I love LinkedIn. It's the India White, T-H-E-I-N-D-I-A-W-H-I-T-E. 
And I would love to work with you guys. If you're needing, you know, support and developing your speaking, you know, uh, business, or if you're needing support on developing your confidence on stage, if you're wanting to do something with book collaboration, or, you know, you've got an event and you're like, Hey, I need you to come speak. I'm your girl. I'm here to help you. So thanks so much for having me. She's your girl, y'all. She's your girl. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that we're colleagues out in the space together. And I'm so glad that we got to work together here at the Speaker Lab. You're amazing. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you have any questions, please let us know. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you. You guys take care. If today's episode left you feeling inspired to take the first or the next step in your speaking journey, we would love to help you out here at the Speaker Lab. If you're ready to get serious about making your speaking dreams a reality, I want you to head over to thespeakerlab.com slash highlight. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash highlight and book a free, no obligation call with our team. Who knows? Maybe you're going to get to share your story on a future student highlight episode of this podcast. Also, if you've enjoyed this episode, I've got good news for you. There's plenty more where that came from. You can subscribe to the Speaker Lab podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts, or you can head over to thespeakerlab.com slash podcast to explore all of our past episodes and more. Finally, I got one huge favor to ask of you, and that is, would you leave a rating or review for this podcast? We read every single one of them, helps other speakers find valuable free resources that they can use to also build their speaking careers. Hey, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.